Aalto University Podcast. In the Adventures in Entrepreneurship Law podcast series, Petra Hietanen-Kunwald and Kalle Airo from Aalto University explore business law from an entrepreneurial point of view with expert guests. In some episodes, their co-host is Moritz Scherleitner. The podcast content is meant for education and is not intended to constitute legal advice. How to cope with startup culture. Our guest is Elena Lappalainen, business journalist, Helsing and Sanomat. Entrepreneurship Law with Petra and Kalle. Culture eats strategy for breakfast. It's a famous quote by Peter Drucker. In this episode, Petra and Moritz talk with Elena Lappalainen about startups and startup culture. We learn from Elena what a startup culture is, what problems may arise in a startup environment, and how these problems may be prevented. We also explore the role of media and how startups should communicate and interact with them. Peter Drucker, a famous management consultant and writer, once said that culture eats strategy for breakfast. And he didn't mean that strategy is not important for startups. What he meant was that culture might be a more powerful and more important way to success. Today we talk about startup culture with Elena Lappalainen. Hello. Hi, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. And Elena is a business journalist from Helsinki in Sanomat. And Elena, what can you tell us about you? Well, I have been a business journalist uh, since 2009 or 10 and covered uh, startups, growth companies and technology uh, more than 10 years. Um, at the moment, I work in Helsinki Sanomat new uh, business uh, brand called Hoas Visio. That's kind of edgier um, and and uh, we have a, our own voice for analyzing um, these issues like technology and startups and growth companies, but also investing in other business areas. Uh, it has been quite a journey with these Finnish business uh, success stories. I have seen since the day one all the our unicorns like Supercell, Rovio, uh, smartly, Aura, Vario, all, all the famous uh, names that come from Finland. So uh, there have been lots of learnings mm-hmm. and I have had also the job to dig deeper and sometimes also investigate the problems that are often caused by the culture. So this is very important. This is a good topic for you. Yes. Yes. So, Elina, why is entrepreneurship important to you? Well, first of all, for me it's important because I'm a gamer and guild girl and I started to become interested about technology uh, from from that point, like personal view on being excited on all the digital. Uh, But then there are more like uh, deeper societal reasons why the entrepreneurship is important. First, there's the technology. Um, we we are living age where where things like new materials uh, that are replacing fossils are very are critical. 
we have the energy crisis and technology uh, can bring new solutions for energy problems. Uh, we need more uh, solutions for proteins for to replace uh, animal-based food. So this kind of uh, new te technologies are important for, for us all. And that's what I'm excited about. But then there's the business and economic growth reason. These are the companies that uh, are creating value to Finland. They are creating jobs, they are creating taxes, uh, they are creating uh, economic growth so to fund the welfare state that we have. Mm -hmm. So those reasons, uh, from being a geek girl to more broader, broader uh, the national benefit, uh, I think all those reasons apply. What are some positive aspects of the startup culture? Sometimes I, I envy uh, startup people who have the bravery, the, the strength to take this leap. And it's, uh, it's from outside, it looks something that's very fun and exciting. Uh, so the the independence, uh, the low hierarchy, the the freedom to uh, do things very ambitiously, to set the bar in international level, uh, is is very exciting, and it creates places where where people can feel that they are doing purposeful job, they are changing the world, they are solving the problems, and it gives empowerment uh, to the people. So that's uh, one of the most interesting aspects, I think, uh, in startup culture. It creates excitement and, and this um, drive. And ambition and, and, yes. and so on. So it's, it's, it's nourishing by itself, yes. isn't it so? Yeah. Yes. And then also the at its best startup uh, culture can be very low hierarchy. Uh, if there is a small, still a small founder team, uh, it's well. We all like to work with our, with our friends. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's it's a small group of like-minded people. That's the that's the stereotype maybe. So uh, yeah. that's the benefit. And that's also the power that drives the startup, that there is a small hierarchy, that, that people work together, they have a common idea, they, and this is, isn't it? Yes, and also some uh, pivoting can be very fast-paced. Mm -hmm. So sometimes when, when people get frustrated in big corporations uh, for the bureaucracy or the lo lo uh, slow pace of progress, then at the same time, startups timeline can be very timid, like uh, when a corporation does things in years. So the startup can, startup space can be like, this can be done in months. Yeah. So it's um, for me, who, who I, I don't have temper for waiting for so long. <laughs> so then, then the startup energy and, and the pace is so inspiring. Yes, it is. Yeah. So, Elena, you have also investigated the downside of this culture, uh, and maybe or you have observed some problems and written about it. Uh, very interested, interesting articles. 
Uh, can you tell us about this, this more dark side maybe of this culture? Mm-hmm. Of course, we all would want to uh, imagine that everything is nice and just uh, puppies and unicorns in the startups. That's, that's, not, that's not the case. Uh, so I have uh, done some investigative journalism about the problems that Finnish uh, growth companies and startups have had. And I would divide them to three categories, like the more general level cultural problems that are typ- might be typical in this what is called Silicon Valley or Tech Pro or like just uh, very high paced, very ambitious culture. Like, And then there's a level where the problems in the culture can escalate to legal problems. Uh, then the level where uh, the culture can be toxic, there can be sexual harassment, like tech pro culture, where there can be uh, harassment or like this kind of, uh, or discrimination, based on on different um, minority statuses, for example. And then there are the worst case scenarios, the situation where the startups don't follow any work laws of, of in Finland, for example, or the where is the actual discrimination that's legally um, problematic or even exploitation of, of Employees. So the three categories all exist in Finnish startup community, and and of course that's a problem, and we need to talk about it. Mm-hmm. I think this is very interesting because I, I few, I'm interested in, in in escalation of problems and and how you can prevent them. So this is this is very interesting what you said uh, that that let's say that a certain type of culture might. N- might lead to an escalation of problems on the legal side, might turn into legal problems at some point, might be relevant also for, for people who are investors also. And then even there are the worst cases, scenarios where you, they really do not uh, follow the law. Uh, I'm, what, if we talk about this, uh, you invest, investigated this, this lower category, uh, what do you think leads then to the second? What what are the problems in the first one, and what do you think would then lead to the second stage, or what's the risk there? Well, if we take the more general level first, uh, an example of problems in that level would be ISI, a company that I wrote recently. Um, they had young uh, engineer founders who are very innovative and very uh, professional in the space technology. But if you take two uh, guys in their 20s who have never had a job before, <laughs> who have no experience of, of a company building a culture, how is it to be an employer? And then they have this vision and highly ambition uh, idea. They start recruiting people from uh, different countries uh, like them, like uh, uh, engineers in their 20s or perhaps male. Well, it sums up to a culture where there might be 60 different nationalities. Hi, we have this multicultural team, but they all are same age group, male, from a similar background, 
and they all have like sleepovers at the office. <laughs> and they don't see the problem they are creating, that it's not inclusive. It's a, a place where you need to, uh, you, they don't mind any work laws, like when you go home, or what's realistic uh, expectation for employer, uh, what's normal. So that can bring problems when, when people don't feel comfortable, when they get burned out, when, when they feel that there's a weak or bad culture and they start leaving the company. If your key people leaves, then you start having this high rotation. Uh, and of course, it cre creates you a business problem. How do you build a growth company successfully in long term if your people are leaving because they are burnout or they don't feel comfortable? So it's uh, also a business risk. Yes. So, so what you say is that there's a different kind of normal, normal. What what is considered normal in this this uh, environment sometimes or often, which leads to this very inspiring environment, but had, has also the problem that that then the owners who are not might not be aware of of what is normal in a in a in a different in a, in a normal in father people and and within the legal society maybe or, or and so on that that's a kind of a subculture maybe exactly yes the the silicon valley subculture that's neglecting the um, normal rules of work life yeah. Yeah. Which then creates problems as you grow. So, of course, you always said so. You always need to to comply with the law, but but which creates problems uh, uh, as they grow and mm -hmm. and hire people, and then and then uh, of course uh, they would need some more processes, standards, and so on to, yes. to survive. The growth pains are normal in the in the industry. It's mm -hmm. difficult if you, and we have had the pandemic and situation where. Companies like ISI have gone from 100 people to 500 people yeah. during these two, two years of uh, remote work and pandemic. So there would be growth pains and in creating processes and needing to uh, build the company structure and building the company culture anyway. But it has been extra difficult during this time. Yeah. And then if we go to the second level, second level uh, that would be case Swapi, for example. Mm -hmm. A similar case, like two guys founding a company uh, and then maybe being uh, kind of blind mm. to the culture that's happening in the, in the company. Again, if you hire fast-paced, a uh, lot of people, you can make uh, wrong decisions in recruiting. Then those people can be some, creating some subculture inside the company that you don't intend to. And if there are, like, let's say, uh, some very masculine guys from Latino cultures, you need to have this cultural uh, education, mm -hmm. what are the rules in Scandinavian, very uh, equal, 
uh, inclusive work environment that you can't uh, talk sexistic things, you can't flirt in this way, you can't approach your female colleagues in that way, or things like that. So Swapi had that kind of issues. That led to a legal process. Mm -hmm. And if not taken seriously, like educating your people, setting the standards, uh, if you forget uh, to uh, repeatedly tell the people that these are our our rules, these are our values, this is our cultural, and and have the common agreement on that, then it can lead to problems. Yeah. And these problems come uh, mostly, or they grow at least when the the startup starts to be successful and hires a lot of people. Then 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 this this uh, like different standards, different. Uh, in, within the company and, and lack of process that, that, that these problems accumulate. And this is probably the, for, the, for the founders, it it's, might come even as a surprise that, that, that this doesn't work out. So, yes. Yeah. And that's why I would, when, if I would be a founder and building a founder team, I would think, is my founder team diverse enough? Yeah. Like if I have four like-minded uh, guys at the same age, from the same school, are we applying to some cultural problems? Do we hire people that are diverse? Uh, and then it's different to just work as a group of founders. You all have the stakes in it. You are passionate about If you have ownership, you can do uh, round hours. Yes. But then it's different when you have employers. And if you have responsibilities for them, and they they can't have the same ownership, they don't get the uh, similar kind of uh, payoff from it. Yes, exactly. Uh, you recently also wrote about about problems in a in a company that hired foreigners. So our foreigners or immigrants, we have, will have lots of immigrants in the future, hopefully in Finland, uh, uh, who want to work here and contribute to the society. Uh, are they more exposed than Finns to, to, to this kind of culture? Yes, they are. Um, it is uh, it is a something that we, we should talk more. But at the same time, when we want to have foreign experts, we want to have, we need to have foreign employers in, in our growth companies, and we are trying to attract them to move to Finland. So we need to build workplaces that are actually inclusive to them, that are actually uh, treating them well, that, so that they they can flourish. Um, Yes, uh, I wrote a piece about a company called Rens, but it's not the only company that has similar problems. Uh, it was just more severe. Uh, in this case, the company is designing um, these trainers' shoes, um, and they started fa recruiting uh, more Vietnamese uh, very, like, as a trainees, like young people coming to Finland and needing a job. And they were exploiting the vulnerable position. And uh, they offered jobs 
which just pay off uh, hundreds of thousands. Like the pay was uh, for, from 500 to 700 euros a mo- per month or so very low, very low, like okay. illegally low. And and uh, then there were exploitation that they were promising um, if you work hard, you can get permanent job and then you can apply a visa. So that was the exploitation uh, that was actually um, legally problematic here. And and uh, like discrimination. So there are even companies like that, but that's very rare. Mm-hmm. Uh, more problematic is that the foreign employees who come here aren't aware of Finnish work laws, or they are not aware of uh, collective agreements. Yes. Uh, they don't know what rights they have. Uh, the, there are these and re- these rules, and this uh, belongs to me. I, I I have right to this. So when the com- startups have this uh, Silicon Valley style culture that we these rules don't apply to me, <laughs> like mm-hmm. so neglecting the the uh, standards, the employees don't have uh, networks in Finland that would support them. They don't have the support network. So they are vulnerable when they are, uh, when their income relies to that company. So a lot of them work harder, uh, they do longer hours, and they don't know their rights. Mm. So startups should really like educate the people of their rights and and be good employers to be able to attract a foreign uh, yeah. workforce exactly so it's it's often a lack of information on the one side there is no access to information or difficult access for foreigners who have not no network like like people who have lived here for a long time they know people and and everybody is more or less aware of the of the of the legislation and the protect, protection giving given under the law and bargaining agreements uh, uh, collective agreements and and for, for foreigners this might be or is in general more difficult so it's a lack of information it's also let's say uh, a lack of access to information a lack of giving educa- uh, information or educating people from from the side of the startup yes yeah. yes and not we we as a journalist we love these stories like two young immigrants found uh, this cool shoe company shoe startup in in Finland and this nice Cinderella story of like but then we also need to realize that not all the immigrant communities uh, are nice to each other there yeah. there might be structures that uh, lead to exploitation inside the community, like in Nepalese restaurants. That's like the most common example. Mm. Or the, in the cleaning industry, you can you you would suspect that there can be grey uh, workforce or, or problems, but you wouldn't suspect that in a high technology startup. Yeah, yeah it's okay. Yeah. But that that also uh, has some similarities that people who come from abroad are more vulnerable. So while it is not a very general problem, it's an important problem we need to talk more about. That's what you want to say? Yes. Yes. So we have been now talking quite much about the bad examples, but can you you tell us what is 
kind of, in your view, kind of an ideal startup culture? Are there some positive examples as well? Yes, of course, and there are lots of them. Um, we have been writing during the years uh, about companies like Smartly, um, um, at technology company. That has been a very success story. Also, also an example of good leadership and good and systematic culture building. Uh, how they set up a culture book since day one. Like they have the uh, organization where even the CAO has to do the basic level job uh, once in a time to know the actual um, problems of their customers. Uh, and uh, by his example, he is lead, leading the company um, in a way that has created this positive environment. And I, th I think uh, one of the examples in that company was that while he was also a, a young male in his 20s, but he, he was able to empower his people and rise up like all the young people he hired, they got big roles, big shoes, that they had lots of um, power to, to do what they felt wise. And uh, in, in that, uh, the low hierarchy in the company made it flourish eventually. And then companies like uh, Supermetrics and Relics uh, can be good examples too. Uh, in, in a way, they, they treat very international uh, workforce, very positive way, very relaxed way, uh, and take care of the international uh, employers very fair way. And if you think about the ownership structures, for example, it has become like standard in this kind of companies that everyone has shares. So when there's exits, for example, when, when there's a possibility to sell some shares, uh, everyone will, will win something. So, for example, when the games company Rovio had IPO, uh, the, that was the family-owned company. The f head family owned majority, and they cashed to IPO. It was example of like unfair thing to do. But when Supercell sold the company, everyone had some shares. Okay. So all of the employers were cashing it. So. The level of fairness and who's who's in in this growth, how does it get me involved? There's a difference of how to do things. So to summarize the things that or learnings from this would be like think about your founding theme. Is it diverse? Who who are the founders? What kind of culture you are creating by example? And then the culture book, what are our values? What is our culture and how we are creating it? 
like in concrete daily level, how do we operate, and where does it, the culture, uh, where where is it seen, and uh, then having a toolbox like real uh, inclusive uh, and uh, diversity toolbox and educating people of these issues uh, repeatedly. Those would be the founding stones of uh, how to, since day one, start thinking of building long-term success that has less growth pains when you start scaling up. That's a, an important point that you should start from day one to, to, to build this culture, not, on, not only when, when you hire the first employees, but you need to yeah. think about it. It's not something that you, your uh, human resources can then imply to a company when, when you're already a big, big, like 500 people, then you have a problem if you, if you yeah. uh, start thinking about the culture when you, when you end that level. How should a startup kind of take care of their relationships with media? Well, that is uh, important also if you think about risk management. Uh, and if, if a company has a bad culture and if it leads to problems, then you have a brand risk uh, in, in like if there's bad publicity. But you shouldn't think it as that that's something we need to hide. You need to think it differently. Um, we as a journalist, we don't do companies PR. We are not telling only the nice things. We are also the watchdogs. We have responsibility to our audience and the role in society to take care that also the vulnerable people, like the foreign uh, employers, uh, get their voice heard. So it's our task to ask also hard questions. That's the role of journalism. And some problems, there can be some conflicts between growth companies and journalism if that role is not understood. So, uh, as important as it, it is to be inclusive and open in your own company culture so that there wouldn't be any problems, then if you anyway end up having problems, uh, the right way to handle the situation is inside your company to take the problem seriously, show that you uh, are responding to the problems, you ha take, have a process to handle the issues, then you take right steps uh, and try to replace, uh, uh, repair the things. And towards journalism, you need to be also open and transparent and show your responsibility, apologize if there's need to, uh, show what you are doing uh, and regain the trust both from your employers and from the from the uh, audience. So I would take very seriously if you hear some problems and then not to they take this very defensive, protective 
denial, but to be humble and think what went wrong, how can we repair it, and how do we communicate it openly and transparently and show that we are trying our best. So this has been a very exciting talk. Um, So what are the key takeaways of this? I would say that the startups and growth companies can be very empowering, very inspiring uh, places to work. There can be very strong culture that leads to moonshot companies, to, to the some some unicorns that we after ten years look as success stories. That uh, and uh, I get to interview all these very uh, exciting founders. But there are also uh, some problems that can be avoided if you if you take care of the culture since day one. And there are legal issues that can that can be avoided if you think how important part building a culture is to avoid it escalating to legal problems. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you, Elena. That was very interesting. Thank you. Thank you.